I guess we should do this thing, huh? Fuck yeah, let's do this. All right. guys and welcome to another episode of tip to tip with lou and chris my name is lou hey guys i'm chris he's chris and uh we're gonna talk about a job i had today just like on the other episodes we've done (laughs) we're gonna keep doing that uh episode 29 we're gonna be talking about menards now i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know what a menard is do you (laughs) no it's gotta be it's gotta be someone's last name, right? I, I that's what I'm assuming, yeah. I think so too. I never looked into it. I, I didn't even bother looking into it for this episode. That would be something weird to look into. Like, I'm gonna apply at this place, but I wonder what the name really means. I mean, I've done that with other things, less uh relevant to my life, certainly, so but I don't know, for some reason I never was so interested that I had to look up Menards and see if there was a, you know, uh, I don't know, Mario Menard. Or, <laughs> I have a feeling his name wouldn't be Mario. <laughs> I hope it is. It's probably like Big Jim Menard, you know? Yeah, Big like Jim. That. So for those of you outside of the Midwest, and I don't know if Menards has a presence elsewhere, but Menards is like a Home Depot or a Lowe's. It's a kind of a big home improvement store, bigger than like an Ace Hardware, maybe a little smaller than a Home Depot, but closer to a Home Depot. Yeah, it's up there. And I don't know if they're, are they even still around out there? I know they have an online presence still, but do they have brick and mortar stores still, do you know? Yeah, they do. As our Midwestern resident? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know if any of them have closed. You know, there's one... um, The one I worked at closed. This one we're going to talk about today closed. Like recently? I don't know when, but at some point it did because it's just like an empty husk the last time I looked at it on, you know, Google. Okay, yeah. Your fucking Google Earth. Oh, I love it. Google Earth, Street View, Google Maps. <laughs> I have layers for my Google Maps. I have yeah. like Google Map layers for all the various things that I keep track of. I have a real fetish for geography and maps and shit. I don't know what that's about, but you look so good in those glasses. Thank you. They uh I have to wear them to be able to read anything that's a foot away from my face. Does it I can't bother see you? shit? Huh? Does that bother you? I don't know. I don't really care too much, but yeah. what bothers me is that I can't use them for anything else. Like, I can't see shit further than a foot from my face. The glasses make it blurrier than without them. Yeah. That's... It's just, and it's not even like for reading close, like, like maybe six inches from my face, it's blurry again. There's like a sweet spot about a foot away from my face. So, so does it's that... perfect for computer. And Does that mean you're farsighted? I don't or know. Does that just mean you need glasses <laughs> to read? I mean, I think it, I should have bifocals, mm. but I'm not quite there yet emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I uh, I use them really only to read computer screens. Uh, I don't use them when I'm reading like my Kindle in bed. Mm. I don't use them when I'm driving to read street signs and shit like that because I, I literally can see better without them. Right. When I, from a distance so i can't remember if it's nearsighted or farsighted uh my instinct is to say nearsighted but 
I, I, this is one of those things you were talking, we were talking about spelling before we started recording and how I'm a terrible speller and I love spell check and the word necessary. I can never remember if the C goes before or after the S and which one there's two of. Yeah. And this near side, far side thing is exactly the same. I can't, I, you could tell me right now which one's which and in half an hour I won't remember. Yeah. I, I just, my brain refuses to uh, hold on to that information for some reason. I've used up all my hard drive space apparently. At least for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Menards, you know what? Let's do an occupational breakdown. Occupational breakdown. <laughs> occupational breakdown. <laughs> Count it. Chris, Chris is laughing because I said I was going to do an occupational breakdown and I just moved away from the microphone and put my arms up in the air like I was being held hostage. <laughs> And then really? your wife came into frame with a gun pointed at you. That'd be amazing. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. Occasionally she asked if she could just sit in the room behind me while I record this. And I I, I couldn't because I'll be thinking about it the entire time. I would like that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure you would. And I'm sure she couldn't resist like peeking over my shoulder occasionally either, which would then make you laugh and I probably make her. the episode better. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Um... Yeah, uh, Menards is the name of the job, like I said. The position held, I was a building materials associate. And my wage earned, listen to this, bud, $9 an hour. Holy shit, you're rich, bro. This is the highest, <laughs> this is my highest wage earned up to this point. Uh, and we're going to quickly find out that money doesn't matter that much to me because I was working there for three days. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three days. To, to get my fill of Menards. And in a minute, we'll talk about how that happened. But that was your occupational breakdown. Occupational breakdown. Oh, did, you, <laughs> did, you, did you listen to the last one we did, the last episode? Dude, it was really good. Oh, I made it so bad. I, <laughs> I doubled you up. I had you harmonize with yourself. But I made it so out of key and weird. I just, oh, I fucked with it. I had a lot of fun with that. I, I did like it, yeah. I'm glad. Hopefully the one or two people out there who listen to it will also enjoy it. Um, Yeah, so as we spoke about last time, I have been freshly back in Illinois after a an ill-fated move to Los Angeles. And so I'm back. I'm, I'm, I've got, I don't know, probably a little bit of money in my pocket. When I quit Tower... Tower is one of those jobs where they give you your final paycheck, like literally when you walk out the door, they don't make you wait two weeks or anything. They pay mm. you out right then. And they also pay you for your PTO. So oh, I got paid yeah. for, because I never used any vacation time or anything while I worked there. So I got paid, you know, probably an extra week worth of money in addition to my final paycheck. So you were full, were you technically full time? Yeah. You just, you just weren't any kind of supervisor or anything. Correct. Yeah. I was just a full time employee there. And, uh, that's so sweet. I didn't have benefits. Like I didn't have, um, like insurance or anything like that, but I did accrue PTO while working there. And I don't remember if they called it PTO, but that's what it was. This is my vacation time. They paid me out for it when I quit. And I, I think I had already paid the first month by that point of this apartment. So I had enough probably for the next month and I could probably live off that money. I could probably have survived for about another month maybe a month and a half without getting a job so i wasn't super stressed out you know it's funny i think a lot of people that would stress them way the fuck out 
But for me, I'm like, oh, that's plenty of time. <laughs> you know? You're just that kind of guy, man. You just flow with it, you know? I guess. I'm, I'm imagining that's why I've still got hair and it's not all gray. And <laughs> my skin is still pretty nice looking. I don't look like, I'm, I don't think I look 43. No, you don't. Um, I think I'd look less 43 if I were thinner. That's my <laughs> my one Achille, real Achilles heel physically is my ridiculous weight. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode about that at some point, but not today. Um, Let me ask yeah. you a question. So you're you're back in Illinois. You sleep to kind of recuperate because you're all fucked up and having issues, right? Um, Had myself you, a nice little stutter. <laughs> <laughs> have you um, reconnected with Shane and uh, Aaron yet? So, well, Aaron and me drove together, so that That's reconnection right, right. already kind of happened on that road trip. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think I contacted Shane pretty quickly, maybe even before I moved back. But I know we hung out pretty quickly after we got there. And there was definitely talk of, like, playing again. We didn't outright say, like, hey, we're going to start Midwest back up. You know, it was more like, you know, let's get together and, and see how it works. I can't remember where he was living at that time. I think maybe with... with like Blake and some other friends of ours, but but in the Northwest Burbs, no, I think he was downtown. I think he was in Chicago, maybe the North Side somewhere. Cool. Um, I have vague recollection recollection of going to the house they lived in. You know, they lived in like the you know it was one of those houses that was converted into a bunch of different rooms. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it was on the North Side or maybe the Northwest Side, up in that vicinity somewhere. I might be totally off. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we hung out a bit. We talked. Um. I guess to kind of give you what you want, because I know what you're asking more or less. And instead of like slow playing you here, I'm going to just outright lay my hand out. Let me have it, daddy. Yeah, I'm going to let you have it. Um, we didn't restart the band. We didn't even get together to play once, I don't think. And if we did, it was only once. Um, For whatever reason, it just the magic wasn't there. Like it didn't feel right. It, it felt sort of, I don't know. I don't know if damage had been done or what exactly it was that caused it not to be a thing, but it was just like, yeah, I, I, I quickly didn't feel like, I quickly felt like that's not going to happen. Move on. I'm not going to worry about that anymore. So there's probably like about a, I don't know, month, month and a half period where I was like trying to maybe see if something had happened and then feeling like the interest was, the interest was sort of waning and, I just didn't get a vibe like it was important. And I was like, well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time and effort. And also, you know, I didn't have a car at this point. And so it would be kind of hard to like, like I'd have to have other people be excited about it and want to do it to make it happen. You know what I mean? So you're saying they weren't really stoked on it? I think that it was, yeah, it was sort of like not that interesting. Like it wasn't a priority. And I was like, that's fine. It doesn't have to be. That's not, I didn't move back with that as like the reason I moved back for other reasons. And that was just something I was willing to see, see how it went. But yeah, it just didn't, didn't work out that way. Um, yeah, I don't, I it's weird thinking about it now. Cause I can't really remember there being like a moment where I was like, Oh, I'll just fuck that. I'm not going to do that. But I just never, something had to have happened where I was just like, eh, I'm not going to bother. I didn't feel the interest on both sides of the fence, I guess. Yeah. Um, there was some other stuff that I had sort of started to feel like I wanted to, you know, get involved in film more and, you know, make a movie. And me and uh, my friend Barry, 
who I've I think I've talked about on the podcast here or there, but <laughs> yeah, Steal, um, <laughs> stealing uh fucking lawn ornaments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was around for that. He was he was definitely in the other car. Uh, so <laughs> he, he and I had talked about. He was actually trying to put together a production of like Jesus Christ Superstar or something like that, and he wanted to have like a real band play all the songs like in the pit, and he was talking about getting us to do it like either me and the guys from Midwest or, but, but I, I remember I was like very excited. Like, yeah, I'll do it. It doesn't have to be them. It could be whoever, but like, that'd be fun, you know, be like the live band for a performance or two or five or whatever of this show. And I didn't know any of the fucking songs, but I was like, as soon as you're committed, I will learn them. You know That's what I mean? Cool, yeah. And so there was like a brief minute where I was really, that was something I was thinking about. I was still working on screenplays. Like I was working on another one after that. I think I actually had two going at that point beyond the two I had written before. But and I was like contemplating maybe going to school, um, going back to, to maybe do some college and eventually possibly go to film school. Um, that was sort of kind of what I was thinking at that time, I think. But really what I was thinking was I'm going to get a job so I can afford rent next time around and I have <laughs> to like scrounge for like look for change under the fucking couches. Um but before we get into the job thing, our apartment, I loved living at that apartment. Like, I have really strong, funny memories of that place. It was, you know, me and the, there was a dining room with French doors, and I had my own, like, sliding glass door out the front, and we were on the first floor, so I could, like, leave out that front door if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I couldn't lock it behind me, so I had to make sure someone was in the, in the apartment if I did that, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, like, could open it up and have air in the room, and... Um, outside my doors, my French doors there to the den was the dining room, which we didn't even have a dining room table. We just had the Olympic weight bench. And then we had a couch and a coffee table and a TV with, you know, like all the fucking video game systems we had hooked up to it. And then, you know, Dan had his room. He was in the master with his own bathroom. And then there was, uh, the other room with Ed and Mike in it and they had bunk beds, which I thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was like, no one's getting laid in this fucking room, you guys. <laughs> Just FYI. I think Mike was 17 and Ed, Ed was probably 18 or 19. Okay. Ed might have been freshly 18, but young. Um, probably too old for bunk beds, but I remember thinking it was funny. <laughs> and I think it was sort of, an, it was like ironic bunk beds. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they were unaware that it was funny that they had bunk beds. It's hilarious. Know? But it was just a small room, and it was kind of the way to do it to make sense. And, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Mike was dating this girl, Anne, who we used to call punk rock Anne. And I had an enormous crush on this girl. And I was just so like, oh, man, if I have the opportunity to to steal her away. (laughs) I like this dude a lot. He's a real nice guy, and I don't want to take, you know, his girlfriend. But I don't know. I I might. I might take his girlfriend if I can, if I see the opportunity. I remember kind of thinking that. And luckily it didn't present itself because she was like a little too, uh, she was a shy girl. She was very sweet and I would have ate her alive. It would have been just, it was, it was like, (laughs) it would have been ridiculous. So, but man, she was very, very cute and she was very nice and she was funny and she was sweet. And I mean, they were a good match as far as like, you know, young, a young couple. Um, but yeah, so that was the apartment. And like I said, we didn't have a dining room. We had a fucking weight, weight room where our dining room should be. That's awesome. So 
Yeah, as soon as I got back, as soon as I got to Illinois, I started going hard on lifting and exercising and eating like, you know, the way I was eating before, which is basically like protein and nothing else, you know? (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was running like fucking, I don't know, four or five miles a day if I could and lifting hard. And we had a fitness room in our apartment complex. So I would, you know, I'd do like as much as I wanted to do as far as all the free weight stuff. And then I would fucking mosey on down to the fitness room which was you know maybe like a three minute walk from our apartment and i do like my fucking rows and shit on the machines they had in there yeah max out the fucking machines can you know <laughs> impress anybody who's in there right but uh yeah i got i got fit very quickly i got back into shape very quickly and that was like my fucking life at that point was just do that and hang out with dan he'd get home from work and we'd go fucking you know go to tower records and browse or you know, record breakers. A lot of times going to record breakers. Is record um, breakers still there? I can't imagine it is. I feel like it moved. I don't remember when, but I feel like it still exists. It's just not in that location anymore where it was before. Mm. But yeah, spent a lot of time at that record breakers. A lot of bought a lot of cool post rock and emo y kind of shit while from that place. But uh but yeah, so I remember liking that apartment, the vibe there. I mean, my shit was, my bedroom was ridiculous. It was a fucking loser futon on the floor. <laughs> and then, you know, my CDs, <laughs> like my guitar and my amp, like nothing else. So, you know, some fucking pictures on the wall or whatever, but super like lame, not an adult uh, space at all. And another thing I remember about that apartment that was funny was we, we, we had a game that, so we were very like, kind of jokey about having like porno magazines just kind of laying on the coffee table like you know if you go to like an adult's apartment or house or condo they might have like architecture magazines or life magazine on the coffee table (laughs) we thought it would be hilarious to just always have like a copy of barely legal on the coffee table you know just some like real real snazzy porn and the the game became if there was a porno magazine on the coffee table and Dan's parents dropped by to visit or something, we had to leave it on the table. <laughs> it's like you weren't allowed to move it off the table and just hope that they didn't see it or say anything. So it was always like a fun little game. <laughs> if somebody stopped by, like, yeah, I, I remember enjoying that immensely. Just the idea of that. It was funny to me now. <laughs> Did that ever play out? No, no. No, I don't remember there ever being an issue. <laughs> they were either polite enough to not say anything or oblivious to it. But <laughs> whatever. It's funny to think back on now. Um, but yeah, I remember. So the first thing I did when I got there, me and Dan talked about um, I didn't have a resume because I wasn't a grown up yet. <laughs> and he's like, well, you should put a resume together. It'll make this whole thing a little easier on you. You can get like a big boy job. And I was like, I want to get a job where I make more than p- minimum wage. Right. So he helped me get my resume together because he's, he's a grown up. He's five years older than me. So he, he like, I basically took his resume and just changed everything to fit me and uh, used a lot of the same verbiage and everything. It's still actually the same stuff that's on my resume now as, as far as the generic stuff. But, uh, but yeah, he, he, he got me the resume going. And then I applied at the apartment complex to work in like the office up front. Oh, really? Yeah, just as like, well, I don't have a car. It'll be easy, you know? Just fucking get myself a nice button-down shirt and some slacks, and I'm good to go. There you go. Um, I played there, and then walking distance, there was a couple of things around, and one of them was Menards. So I applied at Menards. I also applied at the Stock Exchange downtown, 
because Dan used to walk past it on the way to work. And he was like, oh, you should apply there. You know, you never know. And it might be interesting and you might be able to make some money. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? But I remember he brought my resume and turned it in for me because at that time I didn't realize that it it was that I could just take a fucking train down, you know, like a a grown up. I was still in like little kid land where I can't get anywhere. You know, (laughs) this is before Uber and Lyft and uh, public transportation in northwest suburbs of Illinois sucks. So but I could have gotten a ride with him, you know. Right. I would have just have to hang out all day until he got off so I could get home. But, uh, yeah, I did that, and none of those places called me back real quick. And then it took about two weeks for Menards to call me. And so they called me. I had an interview. I don't remember anything about the interview except for that it was, like, whatever. The guy barely asked me any questions. He was just like, okay, you can put a sentence together. And uh, he told me they were hiring for the building materials department. And I said, you know, I said I didn't know anything about it, but I, I'm, you know, a quick learner and stuff like that. All this shit you're supposed to say to get a job. Right. Um, but, you know, I've gotten pretty good at interviews for uh, bottom rung positions at this point. You know, now we're, what, I, what do we say, 26 jobs in? Yeah. Something like that, 27. So, yeah, I can, I can do it. But I'm still nervous for interviews at this point, which I'm mostly over now, but... Back then, I still would get the butterflies going, you know. Um, Yeah, the fucking job, I don't remember much. I remember my first day, I did a couple of videos, you know, the the normal shit you do on your first day at one of these jobs. And then when it was finally time for me to go out on the floor and, like, learn, they wouldn't, no one would teach me anything. They just put me behind the desk, and then people would scatter. You know what I mean? So like, I'm sitting back there. Nightmare, dude. Yeah, I'm sitting back there in this fucking hardware store, and and it's pretty big, and you know, know, a lot of customers rolling through, and I'm there with like the guy who's supposed to be like trading me, and the next thing I know, he's gone. Like, where the fuck did he go? I'm looking around, and then a customer comes up and is like, "Hey, I'm looking for a," and fill in the fucking blank with some weird words I've never heard before, and I'm like, (laughs) "Yeah, um, I'm new. It's my first day. Let me find somebody who can." help you out you know and i'm wandering around for nine ten minutes looking for somebody to, oh, fuck. you know that kind of thing yeah. and now imagine that repeats itself a version of that i don't know 20 times that first day and it's just like i'm like what the fuck but i didn't have the like now if that happened i'd take somebody aside and say hey listen this is a quick way to have me not work here anymore <laughs> you know like <laughs> why don't you train me <laughs> you know i'm not gonna learn anything just standing there like I don't know any of this stuff. Teach me. Right. Teach me what you do. Let me watch you do it. But it was like the minute they could get away, they would get away. It was fucking irritating. And so that was my first day. And I was like, all right, well, that was shitty. Eight hours? Yeah, eight hours. Ugh. I know I was I was definitely full time. Um, I remember I walked a girl home that first day. One of the employees that worked there, this girl, Jenny, cute blonde chick. And I walked her home because she kind of lived towards where I was walking. Mm-hmm. And during the walk, I realized she was an idiot. And I was like, okay, I don't care anymore. So I just started letting me be me. And by the end of that walk, I could tell she did not like me. <laughs> <laughs> I basically decided not to be charming. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, this girl's an idiot. She's cute, but she's an idiot. So instead of like me pretending that I'm interested in the things she's saying or that I'm not like bitter about my first day i just let it go um yeah we didn't talk anymore after that but (laughs) day day two was exactly like day one like exactly the same and 
you know, I'm making nine bucks an hour and I kept saying like, oh, I'm making, you know, compared to what I was making before, I'm like thinking like, oh, at the end of the day, I'll have made blank dollars, you know, for the, for the day. That's, I can do this. It's just gotta fucking suck it up. But I was getting those situations where the customers were getting mad at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to, again, this is before now. Cause now I'd be like, fuck off. I don't, I would light someone up real quick. Then I'm like, I'm kind of trying to keep it together and I don't want to like ruffle feathers or you know, I just was like, this is fucking ridiculous. And so after day two, I was like, if day three, if this happens tomorrow, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So day three, like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes into the shift, fucking same thing, left me alone at the desk. Customer comes up, asks me some shit about wood. I don't know. And <laughs> he starts to get like irritated by it. Like, oh, I got to wait for somebody else. You're already here. Like, you're supposed to be helping me. And I was like you know what, hang on one second. And I walked the fuck out of there. <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm done. That's it. I hit my limit. Took me about 45 minutes on day three to hit that point. Did you get so paid they did what they for did. any of that? Yeah, they actually sent me a paycheck in the mail. Which is, you know, how those, those walkouts usually end. Yeah. You know, because they're not, it's not like they they can't pay me they have to pay me i mean right. i they could i guess you could get a manager who's like doesn't give a fuck and could take my paycheck and put it in the shredder but nine times out of ten like there's just like ah, go it goes to hr and hr just cuts the check and sends it to whatever my address was on file right so i'm, I'm sure i got paid for those three days whatever that you know ended up being hundred and something bucks but yeah it was uh that was one of those quick ones <laughs> didn't take me long and it's funny because i'm like oh i'm making nine bucks an hour it's awesome if i work full time and i save my money and i do i have like all the things i could do all the like budgeting and oh, like yeah. i could really i could get i could get a car and i could get myself blah blah blah. and day three i'm like i don't give a fuck i'm, I'm not doing this Doesn't i think take going back no it doesn't but at, at the same time like if i if i had my disposition now I don't. I wouldn't leave. I just go and find the person above the person who's supposed to be training me and say, "Hey, listen. This is day three. This is what's going on. If this is what you guys want to do, if this is how you guys train, then it's not a good fit. Have a good life. But if this is not supposed to be going on, why don't you have a talk with whoever is supposed to be helping me figure out what the fuck it, you know, this is a, a widgety do. I don't know. I still don't know shit about building materials. You're so handy. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely not fucking handy. I am not a man's man in that way, that is for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so fucking Menards, man. That's really all that happened at Menards. Give that a solid two on the PP scale. You called it, buddy. That's a fucking two. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that uh, that job left no mark on me at all. And the only reason it's relevant is because if I hadn't walked out of that place and quit like I did and gotten the next job, I wouldn't be, my whole life would be completely different than it is right now. So just like anything else, you know, every choice I made up until that point led me to here. Yeah. But had I like sucked it up and just kept working at Menards for another six months or whatever, I wouldn't be fucking married to my wife right now. It's a very weird thought. Mm -hmm. we'll get into that in the next episode for sure but yeah fucking menards menards missing you know mario menard can kiss my ass <laughs> he needs a, he needs to teach his employees how to train better <laughs> his he management could, needs a, he could take his hardware store back to italy 
<laughs> Mario Menard. Mario. Do you pronounce Mar- <laughs> Do you pronounce Mario? <laughs> so when you think of Super Mario Brothers, fucking do you, Mario. Do you pro- do you pronounce it Mario or Mario? Mario. Does it drive you nuts when people pronounce it Super Mario Brothers? Uh, no, I en- I'm enjoying it right now. <laughs> Have you ever heard anybody do that? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to know what I think of for sure. What I think of that <laughs> Ghostbusters two. You've seen Ghostbusters? Yes. Have you seen Ghostbusters two? The one with the painting. Yes. And and all the goo under the nose. So, so yeah, exactly. So Rick Moranis, uh, you know, playing the fucking dweeby guy. Yes, he calls it Mario Brothers. He, yeah, when he's taught, when he asks the girl, like when she's hanging out with the 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 woman the, that is like their secretary, and they're like hanging out babysitting Demon's baby. Exactly, and he's like. She's kind of like coming on to him, like making it clear she wants to fuck. And then he's like saying, you know, want to like have a snack or maybe play some Super Mario Brothers. And I remember being like, Mario Brothers. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't know why it's, I don't know why. Like, what's, what's the difference? Is one Italian and one Hispanic? I've never heard anyone seriously call someone Mario. I've heard Mario before. Yeah, we're I've definitely look, heard Mario. We're going to have to have Monica look that up in the fact check, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get one of those, one of those Monicas. Exactly. Um, for those of you out there who don't remember on the previous episode that Chris mentioned Monica, that's from a Dax Shepard's podcast, which we're both obsessed with, apparently. It's so good. It's so good. Listen to that one instead of this one. <laughs> Just <laughs> they, shut this one off and go listen to that really one. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would imagine. Um, yeah, so, what the fuck was I talking, oh, we were, I don't know what I was talking about, we got all caught up in Mario, but before that, what were we talking about? Um, man, we went down the fucking drain right there, didn't we? I I don't know, I mean, we... Oh, I was talking about how, like, if I hadn't quit this job, I wouldn't have met my wife. Yeah, so, the job itself, meaningless, the circumstances around it, I pretty meaningful, and, you know, I had... I quickly started applying at other places after this. So I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'll move on. I can get another job. It took This one took two weeks. Um, and when we do the next episode, I'll tell you how long it took for me to get that next job. Um, like I said, I got super into lifting and running and exercising and getting in shape again during this point. Cause I sort of let myself go in California at the end there a little bit, like during the summer, especially. So for about two months, I, I ate shit. And then, I dug myself out of the hole. I remember, so at, at, around this time, I'm probably weighing 175-ish. And my goal was to get back down to like 155. One, 150 was my goal. 155 is when, well, 160 is when abs start to appear on me. Yeah. 155 is when it's like undeniable. Um. So yeah, I remember b- being like very obsessed with getting down to 150 and getting my bench back up to what it was before. Which, you know, what, I was not too far off. At your peak shape in California, what were you weighing? My peak shape in California was 155. And you had 155 abs or 156. <clears throat> and I had abs. I didn't, I wasn't like shredded or anything like that, but I had like take off your shirt and people turn and look and go, oh, that guy's in shape. You know? Okay. And what were you Thank benching you. at 155? Max or sets? Max. My max at 155, when I was in California, my max was probably about 275, 280. 
Okay. Tops. Maybe a little under that. Maybe 265. But it was in that vicinity. Yeah, it was in that in that vicinity. I was finishing my my sets at like 240, 250 with like, you know, pyramiding up. But yeah, that was around where I was at. And I got back to that point pretty quick, actually. I think I probably got back to where I was benching 270, 275 by, I don't know, at this point it's probably August. Probably by end of September. Mm. So, Plus yeah, I remember Dan with you. That must have been awesome. Yeah, we lifted together a lot. Not every time, but I would say at least half of my sessions, we 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 tried to do it together. We kind of had a routine going. He was just freshly broken up with him and uh, his girlfriend at the time had broken up right before I moved to California. It was part of I think why he cut his hair because he had long hair and then he cut it short. So uh, yeah, he was trying to get fit, like get in better shape and. So he had a bike. He had a stationary bike. He'd come home from work. We'd lift together. And then he'd go get on his stationary bike and ride for like an hour. And then we'd go get dinner together and get salads. We used to go to fucking TGI Fridays like almost every night as like a routine and get fucking Cobb salads and shit. (laughs) Like, you know, healthy eating for us. But that's actually where he met his current wife is that that Fridays during Mm -hmm. that whole time. Christy, um, my wife and I were driving over by Schomburg and we passed by that Fridays and I told her about it and she's like, you already told me that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some of that, that time in my life when I met you and then we started hanging out with Dan together as a threesome, that time in my life was really awesome. It was just, you know, hanging out with the boys and going to the gym and doing all that stuff we had some really good times yeah well picture that without you and that's what was going on during this time (laughs) (laughs) it was it wasn't as much fun so awesomer it was no it wasn't as much fun you made it better but uh yeah we got in a routine for sure and it's funny because it's the routine is sort of like i don't know like every day becomes the same like every day is get up i'd go running i'd run like three or four miles um eventually getting up to like five i would hang out all day do whatever i'm gonna do um and then dan would get home we'd lift and then he'd do his bike and i'd putz around take a shower and then he'd get out of the, uh, off the bike take a shower we'd go straight to fucking fridays get a salad flirt with the waitresses and then you know go browse tower records or something and then go home watch watch some tv maybe watch some buffy yeah little, little x files reruns or something and then <laughs> You know, we were rocking the VHS action back then. Um, yeah, it was, it's funny because I, I look back fondly on that time too, but like just, it was just like hanging out with him and, and goofing off, making jokes and shit. So there wasn't like an event that happened really that was super memorable. It was just the whole thing of like being, having the camaraderie. And I was definitely missing that in California. So I, I was really savoring having a friend and, not feeling isolated and you know he took my mind off of my breakup too because even though it had been like nine months it still felt fresh because she would was there so it didn't really feel like the breakup was like fully official until i left yeah that's that's hard to process that when you're seeing each other yeah i mean <clears throat> yeah so <laughs> so i'm in preparation for this episode i was you know putzing through my journals as as par as the usual and um 
one little thing made me laugh out loud and I, I wrote it here. So I, you know, I, like I said, I used to go to the complex uh, fitness room that they had down there and I would see like sometimes the same people in there and I wouldn't talk to them ever really, but you know, I'd see like a, the same chick in there doing whatever cardio or whatever. And then same guys. And then sometimes I have a vivid memory of me running on the treadmill and I'm shirtless and I'm sweaty and I'm probably like four and a half, five miles in. And a guy comes in and he gets on the treadmill, treadmill next to me and he's running. And the whole time I see him looking at my body in the mirrors in front of us, <laughs> like, you know, we're next to each other on the treadmills running in tandem. And I could just see his eyes like fixated on my body while I was running and I'm I'm running and I'm sweaty and all my fucking the skin is moving over my muscles and you can see everything so I'm just like that's when I look like the most shredded you know right. but this guy was like staring and I remember thinking like I feel good about him like he obviously is impressed with what he sees but also does he want to fuck I can't tell if, if that's what's going on right here or if he's just like admiring the artwork like, I, I really couldn't get a vibe I remember thinking it was kind of funny like that's right buddy soak it in <laughs> now for our <laughs> listeners I, I just want you guys to know that Lou was jogging in his seat that whole time he was telling that story <laughs> I know that counts as cardio too what I just did there that's my cardio for the day what was that 80 steps right there probably yeah <laughs> probably but uh but yeah so I used to go to that to the fitness fitness room if I wanted to go running but I didn't want to like run at night around the neighborhood or whatever um or when it got colder obviously as we move on in time here but at one point <laughs> I wrote in my journal after you know I talked about going to the fitness room and I said I talked to the cute blonde that has been in there the last few times. She said she runs marathons and is a certified rock climber. I'd like to make her come. <laughs> and that's all and that's all I said about her and I never mentioned her again. I don't remember her at all. Just a chick I'd see in there and apparently one of these times like we chit-chatted, you know. Right. Yeah. Cuz I mean I wasn't shy. Like if somebody gave me any kind of a like vibe that they wanted to talk and they were attractive, I'm 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 there. Let's let's talk, but Right. Yeah, I just think I thought it was funny that I yeah, was, she was worth exactly 3 sentences. <laughs> She's cute and blonde. She runs marathons and is a certified rock climber. I'd like to make her come. <laughs> now, that it's funny cuz that's that's kind of chauvinistic, right? Like I'm wearing my my interest on my sleeve there. I'm not making no bones. I'm not trying to fall in love with her. But I feel like a normal guy would be like, I want her to make me come. Yeah, there's a difference there. So even me in my most personal where, you know, I didn't I didn't think I would share this thought with anybody. <laughs> but even me in my most personal, just talking to me, I'm like, I'd like to make her come. That, I feel good about that looking back on it, even though it's kind of skeevy. <laughs> I, I still like, you know what? I'm still a giver. Yeah, I agree. I love you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really all I have to say about Menards. Anything else I'm going to say is going to start to creep into the next job. Do you have any questions about this time or this job? Or Well, yeah. So Midwest was pretty much dead at that point. Um, I know you probably haven't been doing too much musically. Um, right. Have you and Dan been doing anything creatively? No. Nope. Oh. <clears throat> he, uh... So it's funny. When you met me dan and i were like trying to get this thing going mm-hmm. this band and that's kind of the the pretense for us becoming friends i think like obviously we we're becoming work friends but i don't know that we would have hung out out of work necessarily if there hadn't been this other thing 
you know, like I've said in the past, I'm a little weird and shy about hanging out with people out, outside of it. Just I feel like I'm hitting on you. Yeah. You know, so unless the guy is really like Nick, uh, we have a friend named Nick. Um, he was very aggressive with me. Like he wanted to hang out. He wanted to be friends. And so I didn't feel like weird and gay asking him for his phone number because he was like he wanted to give me his phone. We're like, we just we got along so well at work that it was undeniable to him and so that's kind of nice when that happens you know that doesn't happen too often so what just when I, he was doing all the work kind of and just showing me that he wanted to be friends not making me guess and not making me like take the first make the first move yeah i don't like making the first move with guys because i feel like i'm making the first move you know what i mean did i don't want to feel did you think at all that he wanted to fuck no i didn't get that impression <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's always on the menu i think this guy wants to fuck yeah i mean if he had i wouldn't have been like completely startled but we'll talk more about him in a you know a couple episodes in the future <laughs> but yeah like when i met you 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 knew of me and dan as guys who were putting a band together and at this point dan i had kind of flirted with the idea of trying to do a band with dan like some sort of music thing with dan dan doesn't play any instruments uh he plays play saxophone at like a high school band level and probably hasn't touched a saxophone in decades <laughs> he plays the bass like most people who are interested in music and who have picked up a bass can play the bass you know like playing remedial bass is very like you can play three notes on a bass and play a green day song you know what i mean right it's almost it's like if you think about the easiest shit on guitar, which would be something like a Green Day song, you can learn that, but it it it's easier to just learn the bottom string of the Green Day song. <laughs> so I know he could play the bass in a very like kind of remedial way, not in a band way and not in like a he never would go out and like, I want to be a bass player or I want to be a guitar player. Like he just didn't. I don't know if he just didn't feel like he had the tech technical prowess to do it or if it just wasn't interesting to him, but he never he never was drawn to playing those instruments in a way where he got good at them. And, you know, he he's not a singer. I don't know if he can fucking sing because he, he's just not an outgoing guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm sure he can carry a basic tune. He's not tone deaf, but I'm not entirely sure, <laughs> you know, because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. sing. But I was like, oh, we could start a metal band and you could scream. And he just was very like. It wasn't it, he wasn't that guy that was someone else's thing you know like yeah. he'd be he'd be the fucking guy like if i started a band and it was going somewhere and i needed somebody to like manage our money he, i'd bring him in kind of a thing and so at this point that wasn't on the menu so yeah no he wasn't uh, anything artistic we would have done together at that point would have been just like starting a label or starting or whatever and again we talked about it but I don't know. You know what's weird about this time is it seems like we would have been making plans and trying to figure something out. And I feel like all we did was just try to like get in better shape. That was like 90% of our focus other than making each other laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those things are important too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was, we were having a friendship, but we weren't really planning to take over the world together. Which, looking back, we should have been. You know, we sh we could have been. Yeah, we should have been working on a screenplay together. By the time we start working on a screenplay together, it was like many, many years later. Yeah, I don't know. He he never really he never demanded to be involved in my uh, creative pursuits, and I was like, well, if he was really interested, he'd show more interest in it. And then at some point, I like pushed him harder, and that was the 
like there was a perfect storm of circumstances that caused me and him to actually start a band together later. But yeah, not, not then that wasn't at all on the agenda. You know, we were just trying to, I don't know. We we're trying to get his prick wet basically like, okay, let's get, let's get you skinny. Let's get in good shape together. Let's do this thing. Uh, Mike, the 17 year old guy that lived with us, he started lifting weights during this time too. Like sort of like with you, you know, like yeah. he met, he met us and he was like, well, this thing looks cool that you're doing. And you know, he looks at me and I remember we, I remember lifting with him for the first fucking time, like his first time lifting weights ever. And he, he did like a four, four sets of 10, 10 on bench press with like 72 pounds, you know, like that kind of shit. Yeah. And like, you know, kind of struggling to get it up on the last couple. And I remember thinking like, I, I hope he keeps going with it, you know, and he fucking did. He got in pretty good shape. Like he got to the point where he had fucking abs and pecs and like looked like a man under there. It was interesting. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, <laughs> we used to have, we, I remember we had an ab contest at one point, me and Mike, cause we were both trying to get the abs going and like after a couple of weeks he just gave he gave up and it was like the winner could make the loser go talk to a girl like that was the bet like if if i win i get to pick a girl and you have to go and like sarge her basically right yeah and vice versa if he won and it it became clear that he was not gonna win like when i started to have abs and he was like fuck never mind well i was like going hard (laughs) when you're in shape when you're in shape and someone throws out a contest like that, you're like, all right, I'll eat lettuce uh-huh. and water. <laughs> exactly. It's definitely like eating nothing and fucking doing crazy cardio. <laughs> like half like passing out, looking up. at your abs in the mirror. <laughs> exactly. And then having like real sexual dreams about pastries. <laughs> like legit waking up with a heart on after drinking about a donut. Oh my God. But yeah, I remember, I, I remember being very excited to make him talk to the girl at the movie theater that we'd all been checking out for weeks at that point. How'd that go? I don't remember. Not good. <laughs> he was so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> the good news is that he didn't get punched out and laid out on the ground. So that's a, that's a win. Yeah. But yeah, that's it for this uh, for this period. If you don't have any any other questions, I think we probably hit it. All right. Where are we going next? Uh, by the way, I'm impressed you hit me with that too on the PP meter. That's uh, the PP scale. You 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 hit that perfectly. You know what? I'm starting. I, this is not the first time I've gotten it right, so it's no, like it's I'm, not. I'm starting to feel you a little bit. A little bit. I'm wondering if there'll ever be a one. I feel like a one has to be horrific. You didn't like have I had a to, one yet, right? Not two's, yet. Two's the lowest. I think two's the lowest. Yeah, and I I usually reserve the twos or threes for the ones where I have I hate it so much I walk out. You know. Yeah. So we haven't had too many of those, but this was definitely one of them. Yeah. Um. Our next episode, we are going to Target. Target in wonderful Palatine, Illinois. Do you hear wedding bells, Lou? I didn't when I when I walked into <laughs> that place to apply, but uh, eventually I did. Yeah, this is this next job's where I met my wife, so that's going to be fun. I'm going to have to be a little careful with what I say because <laughs> I don't want to upset, upset her too much. It's going to be. I'm going to try one. to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting for you. I'm, I'm gonna hopefully tell you some things you don't already know. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you have some stories for me that I haven't heard. We're gonna put on the red and the khaki, and we're gonna we're gonna go back and sell some people some fucking <laughs> house goods, <laughs> some sun, some sundries. Exactly, some hard lines, some soft lines. Sounds Maybe get good. some video games, all that kind of shit. We're gonna hit the fucking skedaddles. 
Skedaddles. <laughs> You'll hear about skedaddles on the next episode. Don't you worry. All right, I'm ready. All right, man. It's good talking to you. All right.